No, I think it's great. That's how you take control of your marriage and your cheating husband. You show up and you be the, their third. <laughs> hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where creepers are going to creep, I guess. My name is Mary. I'm Josh. And I'm Melanie. That was very generic, you guys. It was. It was super basic. It's fine. It's uh, uh, <sighs> Basic bitches. Basic bitches tonight. Every once in a while, we just need generic. Wait, I guess but so, everyone's. Every once in a while, plain is okay. Yeah, I mean, there's so much but, going on. It's almost the holidays, and ugh, it's a thing. But something that was not generic today is this really cool podcast episode that Mary was on. Yes. Which you've got to tell us about. Yeah, so I was asked by, so there is, which I've mentioned on the show before, there is another Dallas podcast called After Dallas with James Ladd Jr. And um, I was talking with him offline because I listened to his, one of our listeners who, um, and I wish I remembered which one, and I'm really sorry. Someone told me about it though. So if it was you, remind me that you reminded me and I'll give you credit. Um that told me about it. So I went to listen to it and I love it because it's not, I mean, it's like a, we both love the show. We're both doing different things with podcasts, with the show. So he's full of spoilers and just talks about a subject. He'll talk about an episode. He'll talk about a scene. He'll talk about a character. He just has a theme and then talks about it. And it's really interesting. I love I think that. Yeah, have, I love that too. We should have him on. You should reciprocate. That's what I we said. Can, we should have him on like a special episode. For our DOA uh, he's series. so funny. Yeah, yeah, he's so funny, and he's just great, and a great person. And so, uh, yeah, he had me on this And week. apparently we've we've sent listeners to him, and he sent listeners oh, to I us. I know, so I love that, yeah. That is so cool. Thank you for, like, the marketing, I guess. Yes, yes, so the, it's great. The, and, the, um, the, yeah. the interplay, I guess. Uh. The interplay, yeah, and just, mm-hmm. like, we're one big Dallas podcasting family. And, um, yeah, it's great, and... Thank you, uh, James, for letting me on your show, and we will have you on at, on a very fun episode, promise. And yeah, we just talked about a lot of things, we, He's but there's spoilers on his, so if you haven't watched the whole series, warning, you'll get spoilers, but they're fun put, anyway. Put your fingers in your ears and go da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but we had a really interesting conversation, and you can find that on... He's on all the things, all the podcast platforms. It's after Dallas. And he's also on, there's a live stream of it, or not live stream, but a live, like you can see our faces on the, on the YouTubes. So um, and check he, it out. You recorded that on uh, Tuesday, right? Yesterday? On Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that up fast. And while you were recording that, I did a pilot for a little offshoot here called After the Barbecue, where we talk with different Dallas cast members about Nothing to do with Dallas, but what they are doing currently and side projects and things that are important to them, different causes. And our first guest was Omri Katz, and we talked about... John Ross! Yep, and we talked for about 55 minutes about what he did after he left Hollywood and his return to Los Angeles and his movement into the cannabis industry and real... Can he hook us up with some of that? <laughs> Just asking for, asking for a friend. You can ask him in person at 90s Con because I believe he's going to yeah, be getting us, us into 90s Con. What? When? When is that? March. It's in, it's in March. In Connecticut? In Connecticut. When in March? March 17th weekend? St. Patrick's Day weekend. 
like when I was in New York City in March. Okay, yeah, hmm, that's a thought. We could meet in person, Melanie. <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler alert, Josh is the only one I've actually met in person. Isn't that weird? Melanie has met me, but I have never met Melanie. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a ghost. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But no, that's so funny though, because I've yeah, true story. Um, when I was in New York City a few weeks ago, I literally met Mary's friend and I have not met Mary. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, though, just sitting there at the bar, like talking to Amber, I felt like I was talking to Mary. Like I did. I was like, I know why they're friends. <laughs> yeah, we have stuff in common. And for half a season on Knott's Landing, there was a character, I believe her name was Mary's friend, that uh, accidentally was <laughs> awesome. accidentally misdialed Gary's phone number and had it on her dial. So they were having this phone relationship Ow. for a while. and. <laughs> He just kept referring Mary's her to friend, as huh? Mary's friend or something or whatever. Uh, and cool. 2023 is the 45th anniversary of Dallas. So we're going to try to bring on a lot more guests and surprises. Surprises. And speaking of news, HBO Max or whatever they're going to call themselves in their future iteration I is going to have Max. It's going to have high D- HD Dallas uh, in 2023. I'm so excited. And the Blu-ray, wow. the Blu-ray complete remastered series will be coming out. It just the money well, I invested seen... in those DVDs, man. <laughs> I know, dude. I know, dude. <laughs> I wonder if the blue if there'll be 4K Blu-rays or if it'll just be H- regular HD. Oh, hmm. I mean, they're already going back to the master. It seems like they should be doing the highest they could do right now. That's we'll true. See. It doesn't really matter if you don't have a 4K TV. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And my, my phone actually Hashtag cheap. My phone actually records in 8K. And you can't post that anywhere because they don't No, it doesn't. But you know, technology catches up. So Yeah. So w- one more thing. Um I just got the Duffy's Dough starter kit uh here. The starter Bye. and the cookbook. So I'll give a shout out to Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl. And their hardworking team that are getting all these orders out for Christmas. I've been watching their Instagrams of them, just like they're packaging them themselves, and I love, I love that. I love the pictures behind I, the scenes. I like their little videos where he takes like the cinnamon rolls out of the oven, and one is missing, and she's like e- eating it, or she's licking <laughs> mm-hmm. the plate after the pancake, sounding like she's having an orgasm licking the plate, and he's like, <laughs> "Honey, <laughs> birthdays, December eleventh." She had an affair with JR on Knott's Landing. She was married to his brother, Gary. So uh, we'll give a shout out to Donna Mills, who turned 82. So she's only a few months younger than Linda. December 12th, our own Cherie J. Wilson turned 64, just like the Beatles song. Uh, Amy Stotch, who played Lisa Alden, turned 64 on December 13th. And December 19th, I'll jump ahead there. Bill Morey, who played Leo Wakefield, was born in 1919, so he would be 103. And Jared Martin, born in 1941, he would be 81 on December 21st. Jared Martin, 81? Oh, my God. He would be. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And a quick shout out to our Patreon members, Brendan Fillick, Captain America, Sheen Pye, Laura Bernheim, Brad Mulholland, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. Thank you guys very much. You guys are superstars and we love you. Seriously. For the bottom of our Free hearts. bourbon for everybody. 
<laughs> you guys, if we ever see you in person, drinks on me, man. Drinks on me. So. Everybody, keep your eyes and ears peeled if there is a 45th anniversary event. Yeah. Yeah. We're going. Down in Texas. Well, we're going. Go. We're going to try to hook on with them and do a, do a live stream. Ha, like a live event. Yeah. We're going to do all the things. It's yeah. going to be, ah. Uh, we want to be so, the we want to be the official happens. official podcast of the forty fifth anniversary. Well, maybe we can co do it with uh, James Law Jr. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've extended cool. an invitation to Billy Ray Bates, who wrote Destination Dallas, uh, to come join us. What's Destination Dallas? That is it's a PDF book uh, on Dallas and oh, right. the new series. Okay. okay I, think cool. I, I think I sent cool. you all a PDF of it. A while ago, you did. I just have a terrible memory, so yes. Okay. So, but the, those are things coming in the new year. Twenty twenty three is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty three. Woo. Okay, tonight we are talking about season five, episode twenty one, episode ninety eight of this series, The Prodigal. And we passed our hundred. This is our what hundred first. Yeah. Yes, will be our hundred first first episode. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, nuts. Nuts. Nuts! Your father's dead, and I'm running this company. You disgusting little man. Let me tell you who did come to see me, though. Clayton Farlow? Clayton. Sue Ellen, the man's in love with you. I don't think Mother would let anybody destroy Daddy's first company. Not even Cliff. And I think I can safely say that shortly, you'll have absolutely nothing to worry about. <laughs> Ever, ever come near my wife again. I'll kill you. It was written no. by David Paulson, directed by Michael Priest, and aired March 5th, 1982. Michael Priest, who may be joining us next year on the show. So cool. All right. The number one billboard hit in the U.S. at this in this week is uh, Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. The number one film is still in Golden Pond. Um, big stories this week is the New York Times raised its price from 25 to 30 cents. Which is adorable. Um, and the Russian spacecraft Venera landed, uh, Venera 14 landed on Venus and on Dallas. This episode finished at number two in the weekly ratings. Cast note Bill Irwin, who played uh, Abel Greeley at the hardware store, is a character actor that um, he was in planes, trains, and automobiles. And if you all, uh, it being the holiday season, if you ever watched uh, Who Hasn't Seen Home Alone, he was the man in the airport whose wife, uh, Catherine O'Hara, That's bribed. where I knew him from. I knew I recognized She's him. She's got couldn't lots, place of, him. lots of earrings. Dangly ones. Lots of earrings. Yes, dangly that's ones. That's where he was from. Yes. It was bothering me, and I didn't IMDb it. So, okay. And um, his wife, uh, Billy Bird... On, in that, uh, she was a character actress in from Home Alone. She, she was actually on Knots Landing. Uh, oh. Little uh, spinoff question. Bill Irwin also played the hotel clerk in the 1980. Oh, Barbara Curran, you have to c have a typo here. She said Christopher Reeves when it's actually Reeve. There's no S at the end of Christopher's name. Somewhere in time, yes. And James Seymour will be somewhere in time. He, yes, he played the uh, hotel clerk. <gasps> yes. I'm just putting all these together. I love that movie because I'm a time travel nut. And also that was filmed on Mackinac Island in Michigan. 
Urgh, I love it. Ooh. And uh, Louis Arquette, who played, uh, who's in this episode, he played um, J.D. Pickett on The Waltons. And Morgan Brittany apparently felt that the nasty Catherine was a far less redeeming character than J.R. Um, because Hagman was very, very smart in making J.R. one of those people that you love to hate. And he wasn't really like her character because people didn't love to hate Catherine. They just outright hated her. No, I love to hate Catherine. I love to hate Catherine. <laughs> and you kind love of wanted it. to see J.R. get away with it because of his tongue-in-cheek villainry that almost thought he was doing it, doing his things as sport. He was doing all these evil, nasty things as a game, and he was very, very smart in the way he played it. He liked to play with his food. Oh, yes. Basically. And throw rolls at Patrick Duffy uh, in between takes. <laughs> yes. And Howard Keel was um, very happy that Clayton had an interest in Sue Ellen because he loved working with Linda Gray, and she was very helpful to him and just a lovely person and a wonderful actress. And we already knew that, uh, Howard. Right. Because everybody yeah. who knows Linda knows that she is a wonderful person. And that is all on that. And that is all. And we that. open on a very fancy aerial shot of downtown Dallas. Yes. Helicopter, probably, I assume. Yeah, it looks like a helicopter shot. Pre drone. And then we cut in. Pre-drone, yes, definitely pre-drone. And then we cut into, um, I think it's Rebecca's apartment or condo, um, where Cliff is bragging to Rebecca and Catherine about he's too, he was too smart for JR's setup. Yes. And Cliff wants to make the uh, Wentworth tool and die. He wants to do things without having to run to Houston to get approval from the board all the time. And Yeah, he's looking for more control. Which Catherine the, hates that idea. She's like, um, I'm sorry. Everyone else has to do that. And he's like, yeah, but I'm her, I'm her son. And I think he's convinced Rebecca to give him that power. And yeah. that really that really doesn't. Here we start to see Catherine uh, shifting towards the dark side. I feel like we see something, Catherine. Something, something, dark side. Gloves start coming off this episode with Catherine. Ooh, nails yeah. start. The coming crazy out. eyes come out. Crazy yep. eyes come the crazy, out. Yes, crazy, crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. The nails. <laughs> I think I even said claws out about one scene. Oh yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> and in movie terms, I'm thinking knives out, like the movie, which has yeah, a yeah, yeah. Which has the sequel. Uh, was it Glass Onion coming out? Yeah, I want to watch that because I loved Knives Out. And um, Marlene Forte, who played Jordana Brewster's mother on Dallas, was in the original Knives Out. Awesome. Um, so uh, Jr. brings John Ross home to Sue Ellen's, and Mrs. Chambers answers the answers the door. She, he's like, she's like, sorry, she's not home. And Jr.'s like, where is she? She's like, oh, she's just out. Mrs. Chambers is running interference. Yeah, she's so totally there. She's just ghosting him. Been there, done that. <laughs> oh, God. what ghosting somebody? No, no, uh, uh, I, I, no. I've been receiving. Rude. I, I'm, I've been on the receiving end of a lot of that. So yes. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> this is this is 2022. I'll take it way we're, too personally. We're all on way the, too personally. We all receive ghosting in this day and age. Yeah. 
Because the, the world is haunted. <laughs> the world is a vampire. Ah, I want to suck your blood. <laughs> oh, I like this um, scene next with JR and Ray. Oh, yeah, yeah. South Fork and Rare's like giving JR, or JR's giving Ray shit for like being dressed up and stuff. Rare. Rare. A new character, Rare. Does that, does that mean he calls himself a half breed? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> He, All right, Josh. So you've got your voice for for Ray. We need one for Ray. For Ray I'll, I'll, I'll I'll do my homework on that one. So does he, does that mean he walks in and catches himself in bed with Garnet McGee? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I just he's you know a, a, I, I think of I think of like Mario and Wario, but at the same time, Jr. is already fucking evil. So what do you do? It's like a Waluigi. <laughs> No, no, Ray, Ray's in bed with. I'm dead. Ray, Ray's in bed with Garnet McGee and sees sees himself in the mirror in bed with Garnet McGee and has a hissy fit. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a half breed. Literal, literal this is a dumb cowboy. Right I'm just a half breed. Yeah, because you don't because we don't eat with we eat with knives and forks up here at the big house. <laughs> Ray R. Ray R. <laughs> Roy R. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> oh, so. We'll keep part of this and put the other part on Patreon. <laughs> so, and for anyone listening, you notice Sarah's not with us. She's uh, we're thinking of her. She's dealing with these uh, bad storms moving her air. Yeah, through bad her storms area. in her internet's going out terrible, in Alabama. Terrible storms. So, so. we're hoping so you know okay, what I can Sarah. do. Somebody spiked the. Uh, uh, the peppermint bark rum chata tonight, or the eggnog, because we're a little punchy here. <laughs> so yeah, Jr. says that uh, Ray must feel like a new man since dumping his shares, and oh yeah, I'm just glad to help out my brother. Uh, like, oh, please, Mary, please. can you say it? Fuck you, Jr. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> I don't know where my bell is. Uh oh. Oh, here it is. But J- then Jr. leaves, and Ray has come to have Ellie sign some papers or contracts uh, mm-hmm. for for the ranch. So he's just showing him doing his job and looking all cleaned up. And he says how mm-hmm. he's looking forward to you know Donna getting home and all that stuff. We're at the sanitarium. Yeah, Donna is researching about Sam Culver, and she talks to Mr. Kensington. And he says, hey, have you talked to Abel Greenlee at the hardware store? Because he knows a lot of stuff. Yeah, and Jonas was committed in February of 30 and died like two months later. In April. In April, April. yeah. Hmm. Plot, the plot thickens here. It does. Da, da, da. I wonder where that's going. Yeah. Then we cut to Clayton advising Sue Ellen on how to handle JR. While he's advising her on how to handle JR. Cliff arrives to pick Sue Ellen up for a lunch date, and Sue Ellen goes upstairs to get ready, and Cliff and Clayton chat about running into each other a lot, and Melanie, I don't know about you, that that did not seem to sit well with Clayton, that he was going to be running into Cliff, because uh, he really doesn't know this Cliff character too well, does he? No, and Cliff was all like, hey man, can I buy you a drink? You want some breakfast or whatever? And Clayton's like, no, I'm good. Like he seemed really rattled by it, and Cliff was just like, "Ah, oh, let's have a party." I know, and Cl- Cliff is like 
looks like he's making himself at home, like it's his place too. Like, hey, why don't I go pour you a drink, or why don't I go make you some scrambled yeah. eggs or something? And I'm going like, Clayton's like, uh, I interrupted something here. This is awkward. I'm gonna go. Uh, and Cliff's like, oh, nonsense. Whatever. Come on. Yeah, well, it's so funny. we'll all be buddies and pals. Woohoo! What was that expression? Two's company and three's a crowd. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it was it was kind of I'm not going to say Cliff was kind of cringe, but it was kind of cringe. No, it was 100% cringe. He he was cringe. Yeah. It was cringe. Yeah, Clayton was like this is weird. And by the way, I didn't say this earlier, but um when Clayton and Sue Ellen a couple scenes back were on the patio, I want to see the patio of that townhouse. I want to see more of the townhouse. Same. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. I want to know what the upstairs looks like. I want to know what the patio looks like. Like, show me the condo. Yes. <laughs> show me I, everything. It's show like, I still want to know. I want to see what a toilet in the Brady Bunch house looks like because they never showed a toilet. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see one You'll in Dallas either. I don't think so. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. See a Ewing, a Ewing toilet. I'd like to. I'd like to. I remember the love toilet on Saturday Night Live where they had the. <laughs> yes. The, yes. The, the, <laughs> they flush together. <laughs> so uh, Pam arrives in a fur coat to take Bobby to an early dinner. Mm-hmm. And as they're leaving, he ignores a phone call from Jeff Faraday and then a delivery mm-hmm. man. This is really like things are getting a little dicey in Bobby's little plot line here because mm-hmm. as they're leaving, he almost takes a letter and goes, oh, no, wait, that's for my the other – my brother, JR, goes over to Sly and she signs for it and brings in the JR. If only what, he'd opened it. And what is in that envelope? <laughs> no, I'm asking, what's in the envelope? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It's Christopher's. What's in the letter? It's Christopher's birth certificate. And his middle name is Mark. Dun, dun, dun. And Mark. he was actually. And he was actually born on, we got his birth date, if you looked at the birth certificate, of August 18th of 81. August 18th of 81. Yeah. Love that. I'm going to have to write that down. I'm trying to keep track of like all these little facts. Make my own Dallas Bible. Factoids, as we we would call them. Yeah. Little little factoids. factoids. August 18th. I I knew you would like that, so I wrote that down. But um, August 18th, 81. I dig it. So JR hops on the phone to Greer in California, Lowell Greer, which is a man with two last names. <laughs> and um, he wants info on uh, – JR wants info on Kristen's lifestyle and who she was with. And Greer says, oh, I'm yeah. actually coming to Dallas conveniently for some other business. Right. Conveniently, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Conveniently. I just happen to be coming to Dallas, and uh, I will give you an update as soon as I get there. Then we go to Afton. She's, like, getting ready before the show. And then knock, 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 knock on the door. It's Clayton. And he's like, hey, do you remember me? We met a while back. Oh, yeah. You were with Sue Ellen. And Afton's, like, really weird. And she's just like, mm, okay. And then he wants to talk about Cliff. Which is awkward to me. I, I want to see if he uh-huh. is. I want to find out more about him because I would like to know if if he is worthy of Sue Ellen, who is like my daughter. It sounds like he's got feelings and he wants to step aside, but he won't do that. 
if he thinks he's passing her off to somebody who's a piece of crap. Clayton's totally That's what that sounds like. Cutting through all all of the crap, you just hit the nail on the head, yes. And I would just like to put out there, this is my own – after watching a lot of these episodes with Afton – I just want to say that I, I, my personal opinion is that in the best sense of the word, Afton is a witch. She's totally a witch. She has a sixth sense. Afton knows what everybody is feeling. She like immediately senses like the emotional undertones of like almost every situation, and she's spot on. She so is I feel not. Like she is not the dumb blonde. She's spooky. She is mm-hmm. not the dumb one. No, Afton is like smarter about all these things than everybody because she just immediately sends it. She's like, okay, you're in love with this person. That person's in love with this person. She she sees it right away. She's always right. She's a witch. Afton's a witch. It's like in the Jay Giles mm-hmm. song, Love Stinks. He loves her and she loves him and he loves her. Mm-hmm. and She's just, lo- she's so smart with those things. Oh, yeah. She's always right. So, and she is immediately like, you're in love with Suellen then. Okay, cool, cool. And, mm-hmm. and you can see the look on Clayton's face when she says it, where he like doesn't deny it. And then he kind of looks off like, oh shit, maybe I am. Oh, okay. The light has dawned on Marblehead. It's like. Yeah. Like he like, didn't realize it. And then he was like, oh, yup. She caught him with his hand in the cookie jar and um, he wants to deny it. He can't deny it because his hand is there in the co- – he's got the cookie in his hand. He he, he wants the Sue Ellen cookie. He, there's no denying it. <laughs> the Sue Ellen – he wants Sue Ellen's cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he does. You just sounded like Sarah would say that. I he did. Wants a- I did. <laughs> I got to nope. do it. Sarah's not here. Nope, bro. Danger doodle. <laughs> well, it's super sweet. Mm-hmm. They're eating breakfast in the kitchen again at South Fork. Again, yeah. Okay, I guess this is a new thing. Yeah. And JR is kind of poking around to find out how old Christopher is. and finds Well, out, they say oh. something like, oh, he's so big for a seven-month-old. And then he, so he's like, seven months. He's born oh. in July, I guess. And she's like, August. He's like, huh, Christopher. Oh. Born in August. Born in August. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. That's the baby that came from my danger noodle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. JR is kind of slithering around in this episode, putting the pieces together to the puzzle. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind Finally of putting it together. It's kind of fun watching him slither behind the scenes to put the pieces to this puzzle together. It is. Because mm-hmm. he could use this to his advantage um, in a very big way. I believe. I mean, I guess that's how he hand- it's all on how he handles it, right? Like he could use it in several ways, but it's always good to right. have the knowledge, I guess, to do that. No, as I said on Survivor, knowledge is power. It's true, very true. Thank you, Jeff Probst, the man. <laughs> the man with only one vowel in his last name. <laughs> so Catherine visits Cliff, and this is where the gloves come off. And the claws come out. Mm-hmm. She gets and she's just nasty. literally like straight away like, why are you ruining my father's company? <laughs> He's like, yep. oh, okay, so you tell me how you really feel finally. Cool. Okay, let's go. Exactly. The bitch has arrived. <laughs> we have started. We have approached crazy-eyed Catherine. And goddamn, <laughs> I 
love Crazy Ed Catherine so goddamn much. Cliff. So much. Even though she, she, I want to just preface this by like, she does so much interference in my favorite storylines and the whole show. Like, she messes it all up. And I still love her because she's amazing. She want, she confronts him on wanting she's autonomy. Like and she she's like, oh no, you want to be King Barnes. She's not wrong. <laughs> no. She does. That's what I said. Oop, crazy eyes. Here comes crazy eyes. Right. Crazy eye kinda. And he said, well, he's going to run her father's company any way he wants because newsflash, Catherine, your father is dead. Yeah. Ouch. I feel like this is like poking the bear at this point, and that's probably not a good idea. And this is the yeah, first time. This is the first time she calls him a disgusting little man. <laughs> disgusting little man. <laughs> and he's I like, feel, yeah, you know, I honestly, might be a disgusting little man, but. Honestly, I don't know. I would almost throw her a bone. Like, okay, this is your dad's company. Why is she not on the board? Is she on the board? Offer a seat on the board. Right. There's ways to defuse this situation, but why isn't Catherine some input? Why doesn't she have her own company if she wants that? I don't understand. Catherine, if you were running around trying to play play television reporter. Okay. So we obviously know Rebecca Wentworth was a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. She probably learned a lot of what she learned from Herbert. So she made, she was able to make decisions. Catherine must have shown no interest in business whatsoever and wanted to go do her own thing. So why the hell is she so pissed off I now? So. Because I think she's, and Cliff isn't, Cliff isn't a right. Wentworth. That's all it is. Right. He's a half breed. He's a half breed. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's a barnacle. <laughs> um, yeah. Know, she's jealous. I think it's that thing where Herbert was the the man in Catherine's life, and now there's this other man that is her sibling, half sibling, coming in, taking her father's daddy issues. Yes, and taking yeah. the father's. She doesn't want someone. She feels like her father is being just discarded, right? In his memory, discarded. And, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you got a little bit going here for you, Catherine. Like, you grew up with both parents, and uh, your and your money. mother walked out on these other two children who were raised <laughs> by a father, an alcoholic father, and their aunt, and had to right. basically pull themselves out of the gutter. So, shut your privileged ass up. I don't want to hear it. Totally. Yes. Poor yes. little rich girl. All right, I'm done. No, it's true. It's true. You're a rich it's girl true. and you've gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. No, it don't matter anyway. You can you know, rely just, on your old man's note, money. You can rely. <laughs> side note, I just learned about Colin Oates today. Colin Oates? I had I no idea. Colin Oates was a hotline. I think it might still be in existence for the Colorado Springs area code where you call and press one through four and get a Colin Oates song. I totally, yeah, I I posted it on Facebook before. Yeah. Colin Oates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think it still works. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yes. Oh. I so think good. we should drink every time Catherine refers to Cliff as a disgusting little man or something like okay, that. Okay, let's add it to the list. <laughs> My <laughs> God, how are we not walking through this with alcohol poisoning? I don't know. That's man. like the commercial for the uh, classic rock station I, here in Boston. They said, and every time we play a great song, uh, there's a new drinking game. Every time we play a great song, take a drink. And then the, you hear the person fall over and they go, on second thought, let's. that might not be such a <laughs> good idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny I mean we're at the point now where, have you guys ever drank so much that 
you kind of drank yourself sober and didn't have a hangover the next day, but you completely blacked out. Not completely blacking out. No, it's I haven't done that. It's scary as fuck. That's 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 I, have blacked, I have both done the thing where I drank all the way till morning and then been like, I guess I'm sober now. And then whatever, when I was in New Orleans. And I have also blacked out, but those are separate occurrences. There was New, there was I, it's New the Year's. the weirdest experience. There was New Year's so Eve weird. in ninth grade, but that's another story because um, I was told <laughs> I was told that I was doing. My sister was a senior in high school, and I was told I was doing things with one of her girlfriends that I don't even remember that I should want to remember. Whoa! That's another story. We won't go there. That might be a, a, a okay. A, and I and you will her, hear the story when we're in Texas. And her sister and her sister sat next to me in math class, so I'm sitting there going, "Oh God, I wonder if she knows what I was doing with her sister." <laughs> but that's anyway. wow. Hmm. Um, Another time, yeah. Josh. Um, so then we cut to Lucy, and she's telling Blair like how she's shocked she's gotten so much work like so quickly, but she doesn't feel comfortable anymore with Roger, and she would like another photographer. Right. Okay. This scene bothers me because she's like, can I get a different, she's like literally asking him, can I have a different photographer? Like, I don't feel comfortable. He's being weird. And Blair's just like, what? No, you can't. It's too late. Blah, blah, blah. Like this is Blair. This is your job. Your model is feeling obviously unsafe. What are you doing? And he's just like, no. This is obviously 1981 and not 2022. Because in 1982. Another thing that really got me is that, like, now you're concerned, Lucy? Like, you... Okay, I'm sorry. I know you're probably in a, like... Oh, God. Soapbox again. She was probably in a situation where she felt very unsafe walking into that room and seeing the pictures of her on the wall everywhere. But I also feel like, at the same time... Yeah, yeah I'm just going to stop myself right there. I can't, I can't continue with this thought. Okay. After because I'm no, I'm about to victim blame, and I can't. No, do that. I, it sounded a little victim blaming. I was like, well, yeah, but she like, yes, I think it took uh, her a minute to realize the situation she was in, and she was too. And then all of a sudden, she's she yes, she probably should have seen it sooner, but she didn't. But then all of a sudden, she's in it, and she's like, oh, oh god, and she's like, oh god, I just gotta stay i could just have to get out of this i just have to yeah. do what i have to do to get She's out realizing of this. now like and, this isn't this and, isn't good and, and now and, i'm seeing this through different lenses honestly and after she sees yes. the stuff all over the wall she still lets herself get seduced and kisses him no there's a difference that's why i stopped myself because there is um consent and then there is the power differential yeah. That is what was going on here. It is. She felt threatened. She did what she had to do to survive. And I know we're talking, we're, this is like way up here for 1981. 82. But yeah, we, 82. We've but that's over. what I see. I see yeah, somebody I who is yeah. doing what she has to do to get the hell out of there so right. she doesn't end up with like a hand around right. her throat or something. She she got in there. She she was afraid. She did it because she was like, that's that. I mean, speaking as a woman, that is a part of your brain kicking in that's like, okay, I have to survive this situation. Okay. So I'm not going to make and waves because I could end up dead because she could have. Yep. 
Perfect example right there also of calling yourself out on your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, that is and, amazing. And go, because I was like, well, I, well, hold on, hold on. Nope. Think back a minute. And going back to uh, Christopher being born uh, August 18th and being seven months old, this episode takes place at least sometime after March 18th. Between March 18th oh, okay. and April I was wondering, 18th. I was going to do the math, but I, I did not do the math. Okay. So that's where we are in the season. Okay. So I just, I, yep, had to call myself out on my old bullshit about that, put myself in Lucy's shoes, do whatever the hell I would have to do to get the I think fuck out of there. That's just rewatching it through a different lens, and that's what we're doing, right? We're, we're watching it through a different lens and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because. Like my first reaction was like, oh, you know, even now, even just watching this, like last week, it was like, oh, come on, Lucy. Like you knew he was bad news, but like, why, why, why are you just going to Blair now? And then just as, just as I was vocalizing it out to you guys, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. I know what happened here. Sometimes just like speaking it out, you're like, wow, that's really fucked up. (laughs) So you can totally keep this in, by the way. I don't mind. Yeah, no, I think this is good. I love all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like we've said before, when I was first watching this series, when I was in my early twenties, the EQ is different, you know, because it's been 15, 16 years. The last time I watched this, I was also in my early twenties. So it's the same. And we're, we're at life experience and maturity. Mm-hmm. And where we are in the world today and it's different. Yes. And we're so. finally able to like talk about things more that we wouldn't have talked about then. So mm-hmm. it's good. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of talking, anyway, uh, Jeff Faraday yeah. calls Bobby and Bobby does not appreciate being called at home. In fact, uh, Faraday wants to meet at Mr. Z's and Bobby's like, <laughs> okay, we've got nothing Mr. to Z's. talk about. It's like, Oh, I think we do. I think we do. And I want to meet in public. Okay. At 8 PM, which is high noon. Do you them. really think, dude? I mean, do you really think Bobby Ewing isn't going to kick your ass in public? Yeah, like, right. come on, he's Bobby Ewing. He can what, do what he wants. You don't know him very well, Mister Faraday. He does not. He will absolutely grab you by the collar and throw you across the bar, and then break a chair over your head, uh-huh. and, maybe, and then pick up your, and then pick you up by your legs and slam you into the wall, and maybe and, smash like, a beer bottle over your head too. <laughs> All the different things that Bobby Ewing is going to do because Bobby has a temper. He could be <laughs> Bobby would be like. Uh, did you ever you ever see Superman two? The uh, second years one years ago. A long when, time ago, yeah. When Christopher Reeve go, Clark goes back into the diner at the end of the movie, and he's sitting in the seat that the guy beat him up in last time, and the guy comes and goes, "It's my seat." And Clark has obviously gotten his powers back, so he he. Pounds the guy and then sends him down the diner on a tray and in, he falls into the pinball machine and it's like, that's Bobby Ewing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. There were a couple of bar fights in later years and then in one of the TV movies that I was just like, these are amazing. I love them so much. You know, like the ones where, where all the guys are fighting and JR is like behind the table. Which JR does They're so good. Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. And, and even Sue Ellen. Set the bill and, and, fork. and even Sue Ellen's getting into that fight in the uh, War of the Ewings. <laughs> oh my God, that was great. I haven't oh. watched that was those, those, those that TV whole movies. Fucking movie. What's that? Since the 90s, I think. I haven't watched those. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I, wa- I rewatched those earlier. 
quite often, but I haven't watched those movies in a while. JR Returns is the far superior one. I, it is. It is. Yeah. And wa- yeah. watching watching Yellowstone and how they did 1883, which was the uh, prequel, and now they're going to do 1923 starting this coming weekend with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren who acted together in the Mosquito Coast. I mean, honestly, that's what Dallas needs to do. How many times have we talked about it? You yes. talk to... They need who to do have, we have to talk to? They need to have... Who wants to bankroll it, first of all? And they, they can yeah. even be different things like 1883, where it's 10 episodes. Then they jump to 1920. They're going to do two seasons of that. They can do these little yeah. things, fill in the gaps. There's so many things they could do. So many things. Agree. Agree. Meanwhile, at the hardware store, we're going to get some backstory here from uh, mm-hmm. the dangly ones. Dangly ones. She has a whole shoebox of them. Dangly ones. Abel Greeley. Donna's asking him, like, hey, why did Sam put his uncle in an institution? Do you know? And he's like, well, there is a whole lot of gossip about that. Do you want to hear the gossip? Why, I think I do. Please, please yeah. spill the tea. And basically the tea is that uh, that Sam and maybe Jock conspired to lock up his uncle to steal his land to sell it because it had oil in it, which is super sus. Oh, man. Oh, man. And Jock Oof, has just that, died. The, that? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's a little – that's an awkward thing to find out if that's true. <sighs> Oh boy! Hi. Oh, Uncomfy. 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 As uncomfortable as it is seeing Catherine arrive in that fur coat at Scalini restaurants, and then she takes it off. Is this the <laughs> first time she's like... worn some expensive fur? It might be. I don't oh. know. Is this our first time at Scalini restaurant? Because I didn't recognize it. It, it might be, it might but be. it shows up later later on quite a bit. Yeah. Quite often. Yeah. It seems like they're always eating at Scalini. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is like the first Scalini visit of yeah. many to come. Yeah. Yeah. New location. And Catherine yes. orders a dry martini. It's an, that's an interesting thing when you think about it. Dry martini, but you're drinking a liquid. Any Anytime you order a drink that's dry, it just it, I always find it funny because... A drink is a liquid and it's wet. When I think dry, I think of dry wine and that makes me think it's not sweet and it tastes like vinegar. Which is, I like that better. (laughs) I like a dry red wine. Red, red wine. You make me feel so fine. So did I hear JR correctly? Cliff is a good businessman? Really? Is that the first compliment? (laughs) A backhanded compliment? I was like... Because Catherine's like, rah, rah, and Jared's like, oh, Cliff Martin's a good businessman. I was like, are you high? Like, what the fuck are you even, what's the point of him even saying that? You know Like, what? he because knows that Catherine's pissed. Like, he knows Catherine's pissed, and Jr. I, I mean, if Jr. didn't think that Cliff was sort of competent and a good businessman, he wouldn't have bothered with him. If he really thought Cliff was the loser that he presented him to be, like he always said, he wouldn't have even bothered with it. The fact that Jr. fucks with Cliff so much is because he actually is intimidated Sees him as by a Cliff. threat. Sees oh, him as a threat. Yeah. So it's not just business he's concerned about because you know of of you, Barnes Wentworth right. whatever. Because he, he knows that Cliff is driven by hatred of the Ewings and he will do shit to fuck him up if he can. And he so he's also intimidated. Knows 
that Cliff is courting Sue Ellen. He also knows that Sue Ellen is attracted to Cliff. And that Mm -hmm. super intimidates JR. That is pissing him off royally. It's it's like, it's kind of like JR's like, all right, all right. First of all, you don't gonna you're not gonna fuck with my wife, like because you already have motherfucker. Excuse but me. you're gonna fuck with my company too. I am gonna like yeah. I will I will fuck you up. You fuck with them, right. I will fuck and you JR up. And Jr. never refers to her as his ex wife. No, oh, I no. brought that up like last time. Right. Yeah. Time before that. No, it's never yeah. the ex wife. It's always no, my wife. My, my wife. Right. My wife, like the song by the Who. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. but it, it, it's it's like a backhanded compliment, but not a compliment. Saying that yeah. he's a good businessman. That's JR's specialty. So anyway, so she's worried about what's going to happen with her dad's company. And JR says, like, you know what? Soon you'll have nothing to worry about. Trust me. And she's just like. Wally hmm, Hampton. Okay. Wally Hampton. It's got to be like, Wally Hampton. That makes he's me feel better. Pl- he's the plant. Right. Well, not so much. Because in the next scene, JR wants this guy Murphy to fudge the reports on the Wellington land, which is next to the land tracks that Westar has and the cartel and stuff to Mm -hmm. make it look like it's oil rich. And he doesn't want to do it, but JR basically blackmails him. So he has to. Well, yeah, well I, you, you remember that? That's what he does. He's like, well, you know, Uh I I certainly haven't forgotten this thing I did for you. I, uh, pisses me off so much quid pro quo people like that fuck you jr like it's like after all i've done for you yeah kiss my ass i really don't give a fuck scratch my balls (laughs) (laughs) i mean okay scratch my little girl balls i i I said i described this next scene as ray has pulled his head out of his ass and um uh, shine, shine, shined his shined his buckle and polished his shoes, um, showered, shaved, and gotten a haircut uh, and some flowers to welcome Donna home. And that's pretty ew, Donna, make him get a round of antibiotics before you even put your tongue near that. God, send his ass to the doctor. You don't know what he has. That's You're off. Some truth, though. That's true. Oh, right. You're off to the clinic. Rye. Like, Rye. I'm sorry. Rayar. Rayar. Yeah, exactly. Perfect, actually. Rayar. You yeah. man whore. Yes. Yeah. Donna, go send Rayar to the doctor. Don't uh-huh. let him come back until he has a clean bill of health, before. doesn't uh-huh. have the syphilis or whatever the hell else. Go, you know. Go have all of Bonnie's crabs and other bacteria scraped out of you and scrub down. <laughs> Literally not how it works. I think we've had this conversation before. I, <laughs> you, but you, you get the point, though. Yes. Have yourself flushed of any 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 Bonnie. Yeah. All the other <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes. That's not how it works. Uh, That's not how it works. Literally oh not how it works. We're, okay, I'm, I'm done. We're being figured. So then Donna right. calls Dave Culver and says hey do you know anything about this jonas guy who is sam's uncle and he's like i have no idea but you are welcome to look through our records that are in the attic of the dallas house which they still have Ooh. obviously apparently which but nobody... i thought that was weird they still had the house just sitting there all right i, I thought they were gonna you know sell crazy? it but i thought they were selling go... it she didn't yeah. have to go all the way to big springs to find this shit if she had looked in the attic True. If she had just looked at me, found it. But then we wouldn't have had uh, 
Abel Greeley with That's his dang with his shoebox full of earrings, the dangly ones. Yeah. The dangly ones. Okay, so then we get a super awkward scene. Super awkward where Afton visits Sue Ellen. Afton, it that's, is, you, that's a balls. Balls so, to show up at Afton, her house like that. Afton, Afton has all the balls, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. She has the, all the balls. She has he's got the big intuition. Balls and she she's got big balls. And yeah. <laughs> but I've got the biggest balls of them all. Right. <laughs> And it is okay. met her, her coming CDC. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the, she's met Little with just like Scott. coldness. Swelling well, is just kind of like, what are you doing? If here? my husband's mistress showed up at my house, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you want a right. fist in your face? You better right. walk away. And Suella, like, bitch. Suellen refers to her as a little girl. Right, because Suella doesn't know what's up. She doesn't. She doesn't know that her and Jr. had a falling out. She all she knows is that Afton fucked her husband at some point, and she in, is in, not in, her, in Sue Ellen's bed. <laughs> that that right. was. Ooh. Now I I do kind I yeah, I mean the line you can't blame her. the line that Sue Ellen delivered to Afton in the new series. I don't know, Kristen. Kristen, I think, was worse than Afton. However, oh, Afton was in, in, Kristen was worse. But Kristen also wasn't there to, like, throw that zinger at. So Afton right. is a damn close second screwing somebody in my bed. Well, spoiler alert. Can we just what? say that JR was the person who was married in this situation? Correct. So JR is definitely the worst person. JR's the worst person. However, Afton also knowingly slept with a married man in the bed he shared with his wife. While the wife was outside. Yeah, that's and I, While the wife was outside. Anyway, so Afton being Afton just gets right down to business. And she accuses Brass, Sue Ellen yeah, of using Cliff as a weapon against JR, which Sue Ellen denies. But mm, um, and, Af, Afton being Afton and knowing everything hits a nail on the head. And then, um, then, and she, and, Basically, so Ellen's like, well, why is it your business? And she's like, it's my business because I love Cliff Barnes and you're messing with him. So and then, and that then makes she it clues, my business. Then she clues her in to the fact that Clayton is in love with her. Has, has the feels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has the squeezy and so, feels. And Ellen's kind of like, ah, not even. And then she's like, yeah, even. And then Swellen kind of looks off like, oh, shit, maybe. <laughs> mm, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of awkward, um, Lucy shows up at Rogers, and um, this uh, he, uh, uh, he confronts Lucy about requesting another photographer. Yeah, Blair. What the hell was Blair thinking? Blair told Roger that Swellen or Swellen that Lucy wanted a different photographer. Like, okay, you've just put Lucy in danger, Blair. This is how and- women get killed. She thinks he's possessive and scary, and then Blair and the others arrive for the shoot, and she has a terrified look on her face. Because she is alone. If you look at it, she's alone in this room with all these men. She's the only female. She's alone in this room with all these men. Okay, so Roger threatens her. All these other men walk in. She's literally cowering in that room. No one notices. No one says a goddamn thing. Uh-uh. Hate it. Hate it. Faraday tries to extort more money out of Bobby. And uh, Bobby's Bad not. Move. No. Says, if you ever go near my wife again, I'll kill you. Um, 
He but like it, just he very loudly threatens to kill Faraday in public in a bar, which makes me think that Faraday is going to end up dead in the next couple episodes <laughs> because that's how that yeah. works. You never use the phrase "I'm going to kill you" in a public right. place. Just don't, don't, because do, then that just leads to someone killing that person, and then you're going to be a suspect. Didn't, what? No, Bobby. Didn't Jock Ewing say that to Hutch McKinney in the bar? Yes, yes. This is a plot point from so many shows. Just it don't took, do it. Granted, it took 28 years to unearth the skeleton and haul Jock into court, but um, people always remember a death threat. They will always yes. remember a death threat, though. So just don't do it. Yeah, don't just no. Even if he threatens to talk to your wife. Yeah, jumping now off to the Culver attic. Yes, Donna finds the diaries. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, and then she finds out basically that Sam and Jock totally committed that uncle to steal his land. And then they were, like, going to get him out after they stole the land. But in the meantime, the uncle kills himself. Lord, Oof. Lord, what have we done? Yeah. You guys, you fuck up. <sighs> Do you put that in the book? Right. That's a choice she has to make now. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't put him in the best light. And Jock has just died, so he's in the glowing uh-huh. light right now. Yeah. Right, right, right. Hmm. So we got to South Fork. Lucy is obviously upset. Pam comes out. um, And she tells Pam that she's afraid of Roger. And she tells him about his creepy wall. And Pam is just, okay, we get like a little bit of old Pam back here. That's what I wrote down. Yes, we go. Uh, Later I said Pam goes old. uh, I'll save that for the next scene. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's just basically like, what's his address? Okay. Be right watch, back. Watch Christopher <laughs> for me, would you? Yeah. BRB. Oh. We have a clip scene of JR and Marilee post sex. Pillow and talking, post coital. about a merger. Yeah. Post coital merger talk. Is that him merging himself into her? Or is there a business involved? Or. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many innuendos yeah. in this. Uh, so many. I used to think I used to think that word when I was little was in your window. I'm like, what does it have to do with a window instead of innuendo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around like, where's the window? Is the window open or closed? <laughs> that reminds me of it was the episode of the nanny where she's dating this guy who speaks French and he keeps saying je t'adore, which is I love you, and she's like, the man is obsessed with shutting the door. <laughs> like she would get up and shut the door every time he said it. She'd be like, "Okay." Well, well, don't forget she was the one who yelled "Yoo-hoo" at Elton John when he was playing on the tennis court, and he had the temper tantrum. Oh, that's right, the bloody woman yelling "Yoo-hoo," <laughs> which was yeah, I remember. Which, which <laughs> he was, was so pissed. Which was based on a scene in his uh, the uh, documentary that the, his husband did in Tantrums and Tierras, where he was actually on vacation, and there was some woman yelling "Yoo-hoo," and he threw his tennis court racket down and stormed off and had a hissy fit in the middle of the documentary. So it was funny wow. how they replayed that in the nanny. Um, That's funny. I guess by that time he could laugh about it. Cause some things at the time are not fucking funny. And then several years right. later, they're like, wow, that actually was funny. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and yeah, your jitsu to the door reminded me of, uh, 
Shut the door. Yeah. It reminded me of the, the, the Wonder Years when Kevin was having this – he saw the new girl in his French class, and all he could say, and he kept having these dreams, was, voulez-vous de beurre? Voulez-vous de beurre? And so he'd run after her, and that's the only French he could say. It was like, would you like some butter? <laughs> I got the voulez-vous. I was like, would you like – I couldn't think of what the other part was. It's like – I'm thinking, no, it's not coucher avec moi ce soir, but uh, – I do German, so I don't know French at all. It sounds great when it's in that song, but like when you translate it into English, would you like to sleep with me tonight? Like that's very, that's not really singable to me. (laughs) Would you like to sleep with me tonight? Well, no, I would not. Do you like my hat? Sounds a lot better. Do you like my hat? I do not like your hat. Dogs drive away. Let's go to a dog party. Go, dog, go. It's so funny because in French, you literally like put things at the end of a sentence that you normally wouldn't in English. So like my my dad and my mom always like to, you know, kind of joke about that. And they're like, huh, throw me down the stairs, my hat. Huh, throw me over the fence, some hay. Or throw the, throw the cow over the fence, some hay. Things like that. Because literally when, when you write it out in French, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. We all do remember the subject is at the end. We all do remember go do, go, okay. go dog go right the book. I think Doctor so. Like what? Sea spot run or no no not that one. Go dog go. No, there kept there was this reoccurring scene in there where the guy with this woman dog pulls up and she goes, "Do you like my hat?" And he goes, "I do not like your hat." And they drive away. And the later, that's do, cat in the hat, isn't it? No no that's this. Uh, no that's green eggs and ham. No this is go dog go. Oh okay. Yeah. That's interesting, though, because all I could think of was I would not like them here or there. I would not like, I would them, not like them anywhere. 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 <laughs> I, will I do not, not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, I Sam like I am. Them, Sam I am. Oh, my God. That's like the anthem of every child in this country, I swear. <laughs> Forever. Uh, at least since the 1940s, right? Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Or whenever they were published. But anyways, God, sorry. No, we need to keep... Jesus. We're, we're, we're getting there. Okay, so with the scene, Pam goes to see Roger. And we get old school amazing Pam here. Yeah, Pam goes... This is like this is, claws out this, Pam. Auntie Bear Pam. I said... I will fuck, fuck you up, Pam. Out Pam. Yeah. I said, <laughs> Pam, Pam goes old school hard ass Pam on Roger's sorry ass. Well, and that's the thing. He's like, that sounds like, that sounds like a threat. And she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, but it, you know, if you, like, don't, if you don't, if you don't listen it, to me, I'm going to my husband on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, what, what was, what's yeah. great is that I thought it was great that she was, she threatened to sick Bobby on him and we've already been over what Bobby will do to you right. in a bar. What do you think he'll do in private? Yeah. Right. But, and then she leaves and he starts, <laughs> he starts stroking a picture of Lucy. Stroking the picture of Lucy, I know. Gross. Oh, God, that guy. This is never, this is never, ever, ever an excuse for violence or anything like that committed against another person. But this man is not right in the head. No. He is a dangerous person. He's a dangerous person. He's a dangerous individual. He's not right. Mentally, something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there is no excuse for anything he does. But holy fuck, like there's, he played, he played crazy so well. This actor, he does. what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, d- he played crazy it, d- really well. D- Dennis Redfield, was it? 
Maybe. He, oh, he, he did crazy pretty well. He, he does that whole, like, I want something. I deserve to have you. It doesn't matter what he's you want. A, I want he's you. Like, Dennis Redfield, yep. Crazy girl. He He's like, he's a... He's the classic nice guy incel, but yes, who has the beautiful, like, beautiful like, women. Like mm-hmm. He has the beautiful women around him all the time. He can basically, he could have whoever he wants, but he fixates and thinks he mm-hmm. deserves. Yep. Yep. So the next scene, I I, I have inflation LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> inflation, yeah. Well... Yeah. So, uh, Somebody made some stupid comment about inflation, and I was like, "Well, it what the late seventies, early eighties had quite a bit of inflation, I think." Honest to God, inflation. What is this new brand yeah, of coffee? Not just, not just price gouging by oil companies. Oh, oh, price gouging by oil companies. Oh, and it all comes back around. Yeah. What is this new? <laughs> what is this new um, brand of coffee that Sue Ellen loves? To I wonder if it's a Folgers food. Crystals test. Oh. Is that Folgers Christmas? Perhaps she bought it from um, because she saw the ad with Margaret Hamilton from The Wizard of Oz. Or <laughs> maybe. Or what is that 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 fancy coffee they always used to um, advertise that always I thought rich people drank? And it came what with was it the Folgers one? Sanka? With the no, no, no. It's, it's the little Sanka. like uh, flavored Cafe one. latte. No, Cafe, yeah, yeah, it's a little. Um, oh my god, I love cafe latte. Yeah, is that is that the I thought, shit. Cafe? Why did they stop making it? I don't know. <laughs> I thought rich people ate, had that, and then like those Vienna <laughs> ice cream log things. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh wow! Yeah, yes. and then grape upon, of course. Grape upon. Oh my god, that's still one of my favorite things to like roll up to people that I know in parking lots and ask them if they have any grape upon. <laughs> oh, I still. You have use to be that. of a certain age to get that joke. I think you do. That's why I'm like I do it to people who are like 35 and older. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon, Pardon me. me. I don't have any grape do upon. Do grape upon? <laughs> like, yeah, I just happen to be driving around with this mustard. <laughs> Like you do this whole this whole ass sandwich in the back. Well, I mean, if you're in a limo and you're eating, maybe, but that's ridiculous. Maybe you got to realize though, these ads back then were classic. General Foods International oh, General Coffee. Foods. That's what it was. General Foods International. Yes, oh. yes, that's what it was. Hang on, yes. I'm thinking of the Folgers Folgers Cafe Latte. Oh, the Folgers brand. Uh, oh my God, they don't still make that, do they? Oh, <gasps> I would. Maybe. <laughs> If, if clearly Canadian and original New York seltzer came back, then and there's Surge hope. Surge came oh back. There's hope. Oh, yeah. it did? Oh. Yeah. It so, came, but, Surge came back like a couple years ago. I wish it stayed. I love Surge. Remember Ecto Cooler? Hi, yes. C. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still have some of them. They're probably spoiled. You know what I can't no. believe came back that I've seen at Walmart and uh, Dollar Tree is freaking Dunkaroos. Oh, I I've seen those in uh, five five below. Yeah, they oh, started wow. selling them in the multi packs again. I couldn't believe it. I bought when Zima came back a couple years ago. I bought a bunch yes. and I had two bottles left, and I saved them and I saved them for my um, '90s reunion that I had this summer. But oh I God. waited. I waited too long. I went to drink it, and it was so gross. Oh, it was no. so gross. I drank the whole thing out of spite. I put a watermelon Jolly Rancher in there, drank it, but it was oh. rank. Dude. 
And I'm still, you, you have that peppermint bark rum chata, right? Did yours expire? I did. Yeah. It did expire. I drank it when I was putting up my Christmas tree and it's still alive and it tasted fine. So I think it's fine. It was, okay, I was supposed to throw it out like last summer, but I think that's just one of those things mine? they want you to buy a new one every year. Mine said best before 922. Nine so I should be good because it's now oh, 12. You're, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Here. Just drink it. And I have. Yeah. It's really just a sell by date. You got to smell it. It is. I have, <laughs> yeah, you got to smell it. It's fine. I have it's four, not real dairy. It's fine. Of course, of course, I have five five bottles of J.R. Ewing bourbon. One I'm never opening. I have one so, I've never opened, but I drink the rest of them. So, so the other four I'm still oh. going to go through. But um, so back to Sue Ellen and Clayton. Yeah. Because we're almost anyway. there. Two more scenes. Yeah. And he's like, "What's what's wrong with you? Like you're acting weird." He's a little out, acting a little odd too. I mean. He's yeah, they're both a little on edge. A- you're weird. Afton, you're weird. Afton has put, him, put them both on edge. <laughs> yeah, she has. Yeah. And so she's finally like, yeah. so uh, why did you Afton. go see Afton? And then he's like, oh, shit, Afton you know about that? And she's like, yeah. yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, I know about that. Bitch came and called me out. Well, so tell I, me, I, I, why? I, I went to see if uh, Cliff, Cliff the Barnacle Barnes was worthy of you because uh, he's a suitor. <laughs> Right, which is like, uh, okay. And then so she's on the way, and then you can see the look on her face where she's like, oh, God. Oh, God, it's true. And then she's just like, okay, well, so Afton says that she thinks you're in love with me. Uh, and then he admits it. He's like, yes, I love you, but in a different way than any other man has loved you. And then she's just like, oh, that means you love me in a dad way. Okay, great. No. I don't think no, that's what honey, they mean, so does not. I love you. No. In a, I love you in a daddy down south way or West Virginia way because I want to take you to bed. <laughs> no. Um, I think Sarah and me, I think if you remember editing the last episode, Mary, we discussed a little about how we will not call a man who is not our father daddy and why. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I was the whole time I was like, I I agree. I think that is creepy as fuck. And when See, like I I am not I'm not kink shaming. I am not, but it is not I, for me. Right. I, not kink shaming. I have issues with that. Right. But I watched yeah. one of my favorite shows was Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if you watch that on HBO. And I don't know how HBO. Oh um one of the characters calls Nookie Thompson, who's the main character. She's always like, "Daddy, oh, I love you, Daddy," and the whole oh, oh, just my grosses God. me out. He, I don't like he, it. No, and it, it he got did it all for worse. the Nookie, the Nookie, the Nookie. <laughs> it got even worse after I su- saw Surviving R. Kelly. Oh right, yeah. I was like, oh, that, that's <gasps> even. I was like, nope. I knew I had a problem with it before. Mm-hmm. This is even worse. Yeah. Oh God, nope. that. Surviving R. Kelly was so. Ooh, I just gross. watched part two because oh, I got yeah. Netflix back like a month ago, and I I was like, what the fuck? How did this guy just like Jeffrey Epstein? How the fuck did they get away with it for so long? So long. We're set up in a society that makes it happen, you know. Mm. Power, and, money, and they ignored all the people yeah. who could have put him away. Yeah. Right. Yep. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> Ah! All right, so back to Dallas, Dallas, of course, because we need to finish. Ah! Mr. Greer comes to see Jr. and he says he thinks the baby is in Texas. And now, how that, did you arrive at that conclusion? Well, Kristen brought the baby to Dallas and never brought the baby back, and she was living with a obviously because she died. Right, she was living with a man named Jeff Faraday, and if the baby never returned to te- 
then that baby is here in Dallas. And JR says, I think I know where he is. And yeah, scene. Dun, dun, dun. And scene. Freeze frame. It's JR. So drink once. All right. I'm giving this four bourbons because I think it was okay, but it wasn't amazing. And a dry martini with Catherine. I'm going with a – anytime you get Bobby beating the crap out of someone and you had some old school <laughs> – you had some old school vintage Pam in there that bumps it up oh, a little for me. that is old school vintage Pam was nice. Yeah. That – so obviously she's moved on beyond her cray-cray phase. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. And we don't need Dr. Digmara Conrad to tell us that anymore. But, um, yeah. I bumped that up to maybe a four, three, five, and um, – Christopher's birth certificate. Christopher Mark? Shepherd? Christopher Mark, born on August 18th of 81. All eights and ones in that uh, birth date. Oh, yeah. Um, I gave it four bourbons and an Afton truth bomb. Oh, yeah. It's like a bath bomb, but it stings. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes. And <laughs> did you just yes at the same time? I, I did. did. I did. Oh, <laughs> jinx on you two. Now you two can't speak, and I have to end the show. No. Um, no go ahead. So d- does it does it have a, a stench of truth? Maybe. Ow. Oh yeah. Uh, was, she she yes. There's always sure. Afton's Afton's truth bombs always have the sense of truth because she knows what's up. Because she's truth. spooky. It comes in. Sen- it comes in scent of truth. Afton's bath yes. bombs. They sting, yes. but they're true. <laughs> right. That made me think of that. Did you guys remember that episode of House where he and Cuddy finally get together and he mixes that bubble bath? And she's like, can we get out? Your special bath is burning my lady parts. Because <laughs> he was like pouring like Listerine and shit in the tub. He was just like, oh God. he's oh, like, I need to work my magic with the special bath. And he just like started throwing shit in there. Like not even. Now, I have to say I wasn't. Because a, man. I have to say I wasn't a viewer of House, but was that Lisa Edelstein? I watched some of it. Yes. Okay. And she, um, and she ended up eight playing. Eight seasons. Great show. Right. It was it used to be on right before 24 because I would see the last five minutes. And I remember she uh, most recently. Trust me when I say this isn't a background noise show. House is really good. It and was she, really good. I watched many a few years of it, not all of it, but it's a few years of it. And did you know he was a singer? Because he he performed with Meatloaf. He Hugh was a Laurie? Guest. Yeah, he was a guest on Meatloaf's one of Meatloaf's albums. But um, Hugh Laurie and um, Stephen Fry, I think, was his was his uh, comedy buddy. Um, Fry and Laurie were their. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, is their shtick. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa. Hearing him speak in his normal voice is bizarre. It's weird. Yeah, right? It's bizarre. Because yeah. I, I was watching Lisa Edelstein recently. She played um, Rob Lowe's ex wife on 911 Lone Star for a while, and they just killed her off. So. Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Join us next time when we'll talk about Season 5, Episode 22, Episode 99 of the series, Vengeance. Um, check out our merch on Tee Public, as opposed to Winds of Vengeance, which was episode four. Right, which is this. I'm sure this one will be a much better episode. <laughs> but it doesn't. But it doesn't have Brian Dennehy. But it doesn't have Brian fucking Dennehy. It so I mean, there's Brian that. Brian fucking Dennehy. There's mm. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so in the meantime, join us on our Facebook page or our Instagram and Twitter. 
a reminder that we still do have our Jim Davis Memorial going, um, which is on braintumor.org. If you would like to donate to that, we, we have that going until I think March and then we're going to, then we're going to wrap it up. So if that's something that you'd like to, for the holidays, if you're one of those people who donates money during the holidays, that would be a really nice thing to donate to. And if you donate, of course, always like send us a message and we will give you a shout out for doing that. Um, and, uh, the, of course the link for that is in our show notes and, um, yeah. In the meantime, it's almost the holidays. Look we for hope our, you have a great one. Look, look for holiday messages and, holiday um, messages coming soon. And after the barbecue, and after the barbecue. And, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and yeah. we're going to try to do some DOA too. Yeah. We should do a DOA. Sometimes we should do a DOA. That's not dead on arrival folks. Just so you know. No, it's just a bunch of catty bitches sitting around shooting the shit. Yeah, and and and, 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 and a bastard, and a bastard. I mean, <laughs> you can be a catty bitch too. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a catty bitch. You can be a catty. Bitch. You know what? Being a catty bitch is uh, it's gender fluid. Oh, okay. It is gender it really fluid. Is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we will see you next time. Until then, bye. Y'all come back now. You hear? Tune in next week for a special episode on Rayar. Rayar. There we go. There we go. We've got it. Next on Dallas. Get the thought of that man with my Sue Ellen. I see. Well, I tell you, it just flat drives me crazy. Are you asking me to stop seeing Cleve? This thing almost destroyed the three of you once before. Do you think you're strong enough to handle it again? No, wait a minute. I'm supposed to give up Sue Ellen because I'm afraid of a fight with JR? This is not a fight I want. It's not a fight I wanted, but I'm going to fight. And I'm going to win. There's another man in our life. Who might this man be? Clayton Farlow.